Father Chris has asked that we read Luke chapter 21 together this morning and our brother Barak Gulfillan will also lead us in that from the Adelaide Ecclesia. Thank you very much, Brother Barak. I'm sure, brothers and sisters, we've all enjoyed the studies that our brother Chris has given to us this week. And so we now look forward very much to his exhortation this morning, Lift Up Your Heads, our brother Chris Sales from the Shelburne Ecclesia in Canada. Well, good morning, my dear brethren and sisters in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's... Uh been a great week we've had together, and I just want to express how thankful Sister Martha and myself are for being able to share the week together and to get to know so many more of you and to, to reacquaint ourselves with, with many of you. It's, it's been, uh, been truly a, a great week together. And uh, I just think the, the last night, the song and praise night, really captured so much of uh, what's been so good about this conference. And uh, those of you that were, were here, I think, will agree with me that the, the themes of the conference really were, were woven throughout, that uh, the performance and the narration and, and all parts of that, that song and praise evening, and uh, really helped us to, to lift up our heads and to, to just really think about what's most important in life. The thing is, for, for many of us, of course, it's going to be back to reality all too soon, isn't it? And uh, we have to somehow capture what we've, what we've uh, had this week and, and sort of carry that with us. The, the, the phrase in, uh, in Luke 21 that we read, you know, look up, lift up your heads. I want to just focus a little bit on that, that phrase, look up. And um, if you just turn back to, uh, to Luke chapter 13. The phrase doesn't occur all that often, and, and I just thought it was so powerful to, uh, to look at this little incident, really just like a, a little enacted parable, as we've been looking at parables of the Lord all week. This is a little enacted parable, and, and this phrase occurs. It's, it's in Luke chapter 13, and in verse 11 it says, Behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity 18 years, and was bowed together and could, and could in no wise lift up herself. It's that phrase, lift up. It's actually the same as the phrase in Luke 21, look up. Um, so, so here's a woman, and, and she's literally bowed over so much. I'll demonstrate. She's bowed. She can't lift up. She can't lift up herself. She can't straighten up. And, and, and that's the meaning of this word. She couldn't lift up herself. She couldn't look up. The, the word literally means to sort of unbend. She was bent over. And, and sometimes that can be us. Perhaps all too soon, many of us as we return to sort of daily life will be bent over. And here was this woman for 18 years. Not sure what the condition was, and that's not the point. She's a parable for each one of us. If we got to the point where we, we can't lift ourselves up, we can't look up. And Jesus sees her there and, and oh, just, just read. You know, he just, his heart would have gone out to her as he was moved with compassion. And when Jesus saw her, he called to her, he called her to him and said unto her, Woman, thou art loosed from thine infirmity. Brothers and sisters, whatever it is that's, that's weighing you down, whatever's causing you to be bent over, Jesus has said, You've been loosed. Go free. 
The truth has, has set you free. Don't be burdened down by this or that or the other, the other thing that's, that's bending you over. Unbend yourself. Stand up straight. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight. She stood up straight, and she glorified God. That should be each one of us, perhaps especially on a day like today, after a week that we've had together, after an opportunity to reflect upon what God has accomplished for us through his son in the, the remembrance of his death and his resurrection, we should feel a sense of, of loosing, not just of our, our sins and our transgressions and the things that we've, we've felt sorry for and confessed. They're gone. But anything, anything that's been, been burning, us, burning, burning us down, making us bend over, those burdens that, that make us, you know, the, the saying, you know, you put your nose to the grindstone. You know, that's, that's what the world wants. They want, they want you to be kind of looking down and, and just kind of focusing on those things. We have to, to stand up straight and, and, and see the bigger picture. See what God has called us to. And we can stand up straight at, at the touch of Jesus. As he, as he would have, can you imagine that? Being bent over for 18 years and to have Jesus kind of straighten you up and you would just see the world in a whole different way. Are we seeing the world in a whole different way? Well, surely we are after such an intense week and, and such a positive week. We've got to carry that with us. It's interesting, this, this word where it says uh, she was made straight. Just come over to Hebrews chapter 12. Because this is, this is something we need to do. We need to, to keep our ways straight, upright, walking with God. That, that's literally what that word means in, in, the, in the Old Testament. It says you know, that they were upright in heart. They were walking straight. And here in Hebrews 12... That same word as that woman who was unbent and made straight is here in Hebrews 12 and verse 13. Make straight paths for your feet, lest that which is lame be turned out of the way, but let it rather be healed. Follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. You can't see the Lord if you're not straight. If you're bent downwards, you're looking at the ground. And so often we just, we just get burdened over and we just bend over and we are going to keep our feet straight, our paths straight, so we can see the Lord. That's the point. Look at verse 12, the context of the ver this verse. Wherefore, lift up the hands which hang down and the feeble knees. Do you feel like that sometimes? You know, you kind of droop, we droop. Maybe it starts a little bit of a droop, and then each day, you know, we, get, we droop a little bit more, and our, our hands hang down, our, our knees feel weak, and, and we get bent over again. Christ can straighten us up so we can see the Lord following peace and holiness with all men. Well, what about the rest of the context here in, in Hebrews 12? Look at verse 1. Following on the, 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 uh, the heels of, of chapter 11, that, that wonderful chapter of faith. Men and women of old who, who had faith. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. And brothers and sisters, it's not just those in, in Hebrews 11. We've been surrounded with them all week. We've been here together, surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. 
us lay us every weight, those things that would, would burden us down. Just let them go. Jesus says you're loosed. Why do we hold on to them? When Jesus says we've been loosed, we can let them go. The sin which does so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. And we're not alone in that race. It's a race we're running with each other. And you know when you're running a race, you've got to look up. If, if you're running a race looking down, stooped over, you're just going to fall over. You're going to stray off course. You'll never get to the finish line. You've got to be straight. No, no, nothing burdening you down. And looking up. And where do we look? We look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of faith. For the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despised the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. That's why we're here. It's because that's what Jesus did. He was able to get through those circumstances of his, of his crucifixion. How could he possibly do that if he was focused on the here and now? The pain, the searing pain that he would have felt. The, the disappointment with, with those who had run away from him. If he had focused on the here and now, he would have never made it. But he looked up. He saw ahead of him. He saw the, the crown. He saw the throne. And we now look to him. As that, that, that serpent on the pole, if you will, in analogy. That, he, that draws all men to him if we look to him and we're drawn to him and we run that straight race, that course that's set before us. Let's go back to, uh, to Isaiah 35. It's actually quoted here in, uh, in Hebrews 12 that we just, we just read. Lift up the hands that hang down and strengthen the feeble knees. He's quoting from Isaiah 35. And, and so much of what we're saying was woven into that last night's performance. And we're just going to read this. I, I was going to read a, a verse here or there, but let's just drink this in. Isaiah 35. The wilderness and the solitary place shall be glad for them. The desert shall rejoice and blossom as the rose. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice, even with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given unto it, and the excellency of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of Yahweh and the excellency of our God. Strengthen ye the weak hands. Confirm the feeble knees. Say to them that are of a fearful heart, Be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, even God with a recompense. He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened. The ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap as an harp, heart, and the tongue of the dumb sing. For in the wilderness shall waters break out and streams in the desert. And the parched ground shall become a pool and the thirsty land springs of water. In the habitation of dragons where each lay shall be grass with reeds and rushes. And a highway shall be there and a way and it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for those the wayfaring men, though fools shall not err therein. No lion shall be there, no any ravenous beast shall go up thereon. It shall not be, shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. And the ransomed of Yahweh shall return and come to Zion with songs and everlasting joy upon their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness. And sorrow and sighing shall flee away. 
That's the vision that we can have as we look up, we straighten ourselves up, we lift up our heads, and we see what our God has in store for us. It's his good pleasure, dear brethren and sisters, to give us the kingdom. But let's go back to Luke 21. Thanks, Barak, for the reading that he did. And I asked him to really kind of reach the crescendo as we came to the, the verse that, uh, that is our theme for the week. And he did that very well. We know that the significance of the prophecy in Luke 21. And we're just going to start around verse 24. Because we know Jerusalem is going to be trodden down until the time of the Gentiles fulfilled. That's happening the time of the Gentiles, that, that period of time when the nobleman went into a far country and his citizens sent a message that they hated him. But he was going to return and set things right. That's begun. The time of the Gentiles is unraveling and being fulfilled. Brothers and sisters, we live in such a, such a unique time, such a, a precious time. Of all the people who have ever lived, there will only be one generation who is alive when the Lord Jesus Christ returns. And that will be many of us here in this room. There will be signs in the sun and the moon and stars and upon the earth distress of nations with perplexity. The sea and the waves roaring, both literally and figuratively, that's happening today. The sea and the waves roaring, signs in the sun, moon and stars. The political heavens, the literal heavens, the political seas, the literal seas. Men's hearts failing them for fear. Many of the variety sessions have looked at this and we've, we've been, been thrilled by what's going on in the world. We see the angels of God at work. For God rules in the kingdom of, of many, sets up over it whomsoever he will. We're seeing that be, been fulfilled. Men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after those things that are coming upon the earth. For the powers of heaven shall be shaken. And perhaps we get a little bit isolated when we, when we are at a conference uh, we don't maybe check the, the news as much as we, as we would when we're home, but you know, we'll, we'll, we'll catch up with those things. But just a couple of things as we, we had a, a look at um, Brother Walton's weekly World Watch last night. You know, there's Russian ships being sent to the aid of Syria. They're, they're, in, they're in place. And, and the scriptures and prophecies speak of the king of the north and his ships. They're there assembling in the, in the Mediterranean. Russian troops, as we speak, are being assembled to move through Georgia to Armenia to assist Iran if necessary. They're, they're, they're seeing what might be coming upon the earth and, and uh, what, what uh, Israel and, and America may do in, in terms of uh, attacking Iran. So they're, they're setting up. Right now there's a blockage. How do, you, how do you get through Georgia? So they're, they're making provisions for that. So they'll have a clear path to be able to send their troops in to help Iran. The Israeli defense has been testing a new shield called the Iron Dome. It's a missile defense system. And I forget the numbers exactly, but something like of the, of the 53 rockets that have been launched recently, 49 of them have been knocked down. And so there's a, there's a confidence there, perhaps, giving them you know, the, the, the assurance that they can, can make the strike. These are just examples, the few examples, brothers and sisters, of the signs of the times. And... The next one in line is there in verse 27. Then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. And if, if you did a checklist of, of what prophecies need, need to be fulfilled from the time when, when Israel returned as a nation to today, there's, there's really nothing left. It could happen at any moment. 
And what's the exhortation of our Lord? These are, these are the words of our Lord to us, to our generation. When ye see these things begin to come to pass. You don't have to wait for them to actually be all fulfilled. When you see them begin to come to pass, then look up, lift up your heads, for your redemption draws nigh. Oh, we've been redeemed. The, the Lord Jesus Christ has made the sacrifice, but we're still in these, these bodies, these bodies that struggle, that, that, that cause us to bow down. Oh, it's, it's not going to be easy necessarily. There's going to be challenges. But the Lord is coming, and our full redemption is coming. When this mortal puts on immortality, when this corruptible body puts on incorruption, is that not something to be excited about, to be straightened by? Don't worry about the fact that you're burdened down now, that you have trials and struggles. We all do because of our nature. But our redemption draws nigh. The redemption of our body, that's something to, to stand up straight for, to, to, to get through the, the last few days that may remain until our redemption comes and our Lord returns. As we've mentioned, the word here, look up, is, is really to, to straighten up. And what, what's causing you to be bowed down, brothers and sisters? We need to, to lift up our heads. Let, let's just go back. There's a couple of passages in the Psalms. We're heading back to Psalm, chap, uh, Psalm 3, but let's stop at Psalm 42 along the way. Some words of encouragement. And just sort of by the way, the, the youth gave uh, me as, as, as a, rem, a remembrance gift that uh, lift up your forks, that cookbook. And I was just flipping through it. I noticed at the back there's a, a nice little sort of table of con- contents. When, when you're struggling with this or that or the other thing, there's, there were numbers to call. And of course there were scriptural numbers. For example, Psalm 42, verse whatever. And uh, that's what this is here. If you're feeling weighed down and burdened, and perhaps you think, well... No one can really appreciate what I'm going through. This is sort of unique to me. It's not. Look at the psalmist here. Psalm 42, verse 5. Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why do you feel like you've been abandoned? Why are you staring at the ground, bent over for 18 years? Why are you disquieted within me? This is something we all go through, something we all feel. Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. And if you had a, a coloring in pencil, you could do that in verse 5. Why are you cast down, O my soul? It's again there in verse 6. O my God, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore, I will remember thee from the land of Jordan, from the Hermonites, and from the hill of Mizar. So when you get cast down, there it is again in verse 11. Why are you cast down, O my soul? You have no reason to be. Look up, straighten up, lift up your heads. See beyond the here and now. Why are you cast down on my soul? Why are you disquieted within me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him who is the health of my countenance and my God. See, if we focus on ourselves and the, and the, the arm of the flesh, oh, we'll bow down. The flesh can't sustain it. The spirit might be willing, but the flesh is weak. So energize the spirit. Stand up straight. Feel the Lord's hand upon you as he straightens you up and makes straight paths for your feet. We won't do it on our own. Just flip back a few more to Psalm 3. 
it's another appeal. And you might feel this way sometimes. Verse 1, Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? Many are they that rise up against me. I'm beset on every side. The sin which besets me, the weights that, that, you know, the pressures that are brought to bear in my life. And Jesus says, you're loosed from them. Cast them aside. Run with patience. Look to Jesus. Verse 2 of Psalm 3. Many are they, sorry, many there be which say of of my soul, there is no help for him in God. What are you wasting your time for? You know, if you don't look after yourself, no one will trusting in God. That's, you know, that's, that's childish. That's what the, the, the media and the world and our own nature sometimes try and pump into us. But look at the psalmist. Verse 3, but thou, O Yahweh, are a shield for me, my glory, and the lifter up of my head. He'll lift up our heads if we allow him to. Just to straighten up, get our, get our head out of the, the here and the now, the dust as it were, and lift our heads. He's the lifter up of our heads, brothers and sisters. In, in a practical way, Paul speaks of this, the spirit through Paul writing in Colossians chapter 3. And there's a role for us to play, brothers and sisters, by all means. If we want our heads lifted up, if we don't want to be burdened down, there's times when we have to do the casting off, cutting off the right hand or plucking out the eye. Did you notice in the, in the hymn that we sang, that, and, and, sorry, in the, the reading in, in Isaiah, that you know, if we are made blind in that sense, or if we're made lame in that sense, that'll be all undone in the kingdom. The lame will leap like the unharmed deer. And, and, and the blind will see. So there are decisions sometimes we need to make. And here in, in Colossians chapter 3, very practical words, especially for those that have been, of us that have been baptized. Verse 1 of Colossians 3, if ye, then, uh, if ye then be risen with Christ, which we all have done in symbol, we've gone under the waters of baptism and we've risen to a new life. Well, what's the implications of that? If you be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. Lift up your head. You've risen with the Lord. He's loosed you from, from all the burdens that, that, that uh, may be wear, ba- bearing you down and weighing you down. Where Christ sits on the right hand of God. Set your affection, your mind. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. Stop being bowed over. Stop looking down. The common vernacular would be, you know, get your head out of the gutter. Right? We have to do that. And that may, that may mean life choices that we need to make. For if you're dead, we died to that old way of life. Your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Put to death. Your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry. That one stings a little bit, especially in our Western world. Covetousness, materialism. We need to put those things aside. We need to put them to death. And set our minds on things above. Lift up our heads. Straighten up. And look to the things of the kingdom. Back in Luke chapter 21... Jesus says much the same thing as he repeats himself. Our key verse there was verse 28. When you see these signs of the times around us begin to come to pass, stand up straight, lift up your head, 
for your redemption draws nigh. And he tells a little parable. A parable about a fig tree. Behold the fig tree and all the trees. The fig tree is the nation of Israel. It's blossomed. It's budding forth. But all the trees. So we see a, a pro- proliferation of, of, of nations. When they shoot forth, when they now shoot forth, you, know, you see and know of your own selves that summer is nigh at hand. Back home it's spring. And the trees are beginning to bud. And everyone knows that, well, that means summer is coming. It's, it's like a no-brainer. So Jesus is saying, well, like, if you can look at a tree and figure out that it's telling you summer is coming, why don't you take a look around and see what's happening in the nations? All these nations, particularly the nation of Israel. Look to that and, and, and know, he says, verse 31, So likewise ye, when ye see these things come to pass, particularly the budding of the nation of Israel, you know that the kingdom of God is at hand. In fact, he says, this generation won't pass till all these things be fulfilled. That's us. How much encouragement should we take from that? Heaven and earth might pass away, but my word will not pass away. All the system of things as we see it, Whatever it might be in, 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 in the world, the, the political heavens and the, the earth as we know it, the world as we know it, it's going to pass away. What manner of persons ought ye then to be to purify yourselves and be prepared for the return of our Lord as good stewards of his, of his giving meat in due season to our fellow servants? And he warns us, look at this. These words are to us, brothers and sisters. This is the Lord Jesus Christ speaking to you. And to me. Because we're the generation that have seen these things come to pass. Oh, it would have made sense for anyone who's read it in the last however many years. But for us in particular, he's got like one last warning for us. Verse 34. Take heed to yourselves. That's why we're here this morning. To examine ourselves. We'll be partaking of bread and wine in a moment, we'll be reflecting upon all that the Lord Jesus Christ has done for us. He says, take heed to yourself. Don't worry so much about the person sitting next to you, or behind you, or in the back row. Take heed to yourself. Lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness, the version that Barak read said, your hearts be weighed down. And that's what that word means. That's the danger. That we could be weighed down by the cares of this life. And for each of us, that might be a different care. But we've all got issues. We've all got things that are going to weigh us down. We're told to cast off those things that would weigh us down. Get rid of them. They're hindering your progress towards the kingdom. And I'm so close. I'm right at the door. Be ready. Be prepared. Don't get weighed down with the cares of this life. Because if you do, brothers and sisters, you won't see it. The day will come upon you unawares or suddenly. Why? Because you're looking down. All you can see is the ground. We can't see him coming. Our heads need to be lifted up. We need to be aware of what's going on. We need to see the big picture, not the little picture of our, of our own lives. 
That's Jesus' last words to us in this prophecy. For as a snare it shall come upon all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth. They are going to be taken off guard. Because they're in darkness. But not so you, brothers and sisters. You're not in darkness like them. You've seen the light. It's shone in your hearts. Lift up your heads. Look to the horizon. See him coming. Watch ye therefore. And pray always. Without ceasing. Relentlessly. Persistently. That you may be appoint, accounted worthy to escape all those things that shall come to pass. And to stand upright, blameless before the Son of Man. Keep your head up, brothers and sisters. Don't allow the cares of this life to burden you down. There's one other place where this word look up is used. It, it was here in Luke 21 and in Luke 13 of the woman bowed over. We won't turn to it. It's, you're familiar to it. But if you, if you are making notes, it's in John chapter 8. And there was a woman taken in adultery. And she was brought before the Lord Jesus Christ. And they said, oh, master, this woman was caught in the very act of adultery. The law says she should be stoned. What say ye? And he stooped down. That's the opposite of this word here. He stooped down. And he wrote in the ground. I'm not sure what he wrote, but after seeing the children last night counting to ten, maybe he was writing all the commandments. Of which one of them said, thou shalt not commit adultery. But what about all the others? What about all the others? As these individuals were plotting the death of the Lord Jesus Christ and would have happily had him slaughtered, murdered. Is he writing that perhaps? He stooped down. And then he looked up. He stood up straight. And he said, I got an idea. Whoever hasn't committed a sin, you can cast the first stone. That's the kind of self-examination we need. Take heed to yourselves, brothers and sisters. He that was out sin cast the first stone. And they began to leave one by one, beginning at the eldest down to the youngest. Jesus stooped down again and continued writing. Who knows what he was writing? Maybe he was writing some of the names of other of the men there and associating them with, with their sins as they so publicly wanted to proclaim this woman. We're not sure. And he stood up again, or looked up, stood up straight. He said, oh, there's no one left here. Has no one condemned you? No, man, Lord. Then neither do I condemn thee. And what did he say? Go and sin no more. You've been loosed. You've got a fresh start. Go and sin no more. As we turn our attention now to the emblems before us, I was trying to find a passage that kind of said a lot of things that we've been saying uh, this week together. Kind of a summary, if, if we could, and also to direct our minds to what we're about to do. Collectively as a community, but individually as we take heed to ourselves and examine ourselves. And I thought Colossians 3 might do. Colossians 3. I thought we'd just read from, from verse 12. And just let your mind as we're reading this together sort of focus on what you've taken in this week and and how we can sort of go forth from here 
strengthened with our heads lifted. Colossians 3, verse 12. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another, and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these things, put on love, which binds all things together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also ye are called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks by him to the Father. For our manner of life, our real life is from heaven, from whence also we look up for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile bodies, that they may be fashioned into his glorious body. For he is able to finish the work he has begun in each one of us. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, dearly beloved and longed for, my joy and crown, Stand fast in the Lord, firm unto the end, without wavering, straight and true in Christ. My dearly beloved, look up, lift up your heads, for your redemption draws near. Even so come, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen.